0: Our scripture reading this morning comes from the, the song Book of Israel, the Book of Psalms, Psalm 107, and we're going to read the first 32 verses, Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, for he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons. For they had rebelled against the words of God, and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labour. They fell down with none to help, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, for he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts in two the bars of iron. Some were fools through their sinful ways and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathe any kind of food, and they draw near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word, and he healed them, and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. And let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving. And tell of his deeds in songs of joy. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wits' end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works of the children of man let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. So far the reading. Eleven and a half minutes. If you compare a year to the hour on a clock, that's how many of the 60 minutes of an hour have already zipped by. Almost 20% of this year is done. Before we know it, it will be Easter, and by June we'll have we'll have to have our, our budget done for the next year. Yes, time time slips through our fingers like like fine sand, doesn't it? And as a congregation, we'll be facing some uncertainty in the time ahead. The challenges may at times seem daunting, but even in the midst of of uncertainty we have the blessed assurance that the Lord is with us. Just as he's been in the past, he is with us. And he will remain with us. And in his loving grace, he will continue to pour out his blessings on his people in this place. How should we respond to to knowing that? How should we respond to such amazing loving kindness? Over the next couple of months, We'll, we'll look at ways in which we as a congregation can use our God-given talents to glorify him. And we'll start this morning by, by turning our attention to praising God, to glorifying God with thanksgiving. And this is also what the psalmist sets out to do in Psalm 107. Now we're, we're just looking at the first 32 verses of this of song of thanksgiving in which the, the psalmist instructs us to, to give thanks, and he gives us four, four reasons for such thanksgiving. In verses 1 to 3, he issues this command to give thanks to God. Verses 4 to 9 tells us we need to do that because he gives the wanderer a home. Verses 10 to 16 tells us that God sets the prisoner free. 17 to 22, we see that he delivers the foolish from destruction. And then the verses 23 to 32, we need to give thanks because he brings his people home. If we look first at this command to give thanks to God, we see that it is unconditional. It's unbounded. We are to give thanks to God simply because of his steadfast love. A steadfast love that, that's a feature of, of so much of the Psalms. It's mentioned in the Psalms 133 times alone. God's steadfast love. The love of God that never changes, that's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And if we know that, how can we not give thanks to God for his steadfast love, his love that is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow? But perhaps, just perhaps, you think that none of the things that this psalm speaks about apply to you. You haven't wandered through a desert, or been homeless. But that doesn't matter, what verse 1 tells us. We're to give thanks simply because God is good and his love endures forever. And while this thanksgiving or this praising is something that all of creation, of course, should do, this psalm speaks to God's people directly. And this command doesn't just apply to Israel of old. It applies to you and to me and to all of God's redeemed people. Just like he redeemed the people of old, so God has redeemed you and he's redeemed me. And we're to give thanks to God because in his steadfast love he has redeemed us. It doesn't matter if our backs are hurting or if we've got problems with our knees. It doesn't matter if our friends or our families hurt us or stuff us around. It doesn't matter if the year that lies ahead brings difficulty or hardship for us as a congregation. What is important is that the Lord has redeemed us. Through the indescribable saving work of our Lord Jesus Christ, we've been gathered together as God's people from all points of the compass. What glorious news it is that we have been redeemed. How much more reason do we need to give thanks to our God. All God's people, all those who have been redeemed, are called by the psalmist to give thanks to this great God because his steadfast love never ceases. And that steadfast love is shown in at least four ways in those verses 4 to 32. Our almighty God is firstly the protector who gives the wanderer a home. That's the first way that the psalm um, shows how God's love is exemplified or worked out in our, in our hearts. So when we think of wanderers, when we think of wanderers, we think of people that, that never settled down anywhere. In our text, they're described as having no city in which to settle. As they despair, because they cannot find a place to live, or a place where they belong, their lives ebb away. And in their distress, they call out to God, and in his great love, he delivers them. This wonderful, merciful, and protecting God gives them what they need, a place where they belong, a place where they can settle. He gives these wanderers a home. And the psalmist gives gives them this command to, to praise God, to thank God for his steadfast love in how he gives them this place to live. He urges them to give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds. Now, it's true that we might not be desert wanderers, but we are all wanderers in this life. We are here only temporarily. We travel along the highways and the byways of of this life. We gather things, we accomplish things, But all that we accomplish and all that we gather, all that we have, are meaningless if we don't have God in our lives. There's only one in whom and with whom there is really a home. It's only with him and in him that we can find the rest for our restless or wandering hearts. It's only when we call on him that we can find that kind of peace that says, Wanderer, you are at home. Verse 7 says that God led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Friends, the things of this life, the things of this life cannot lead us out of the chaos or the the wilderness of life or, or give us true happiness. God is the only one, the only one who can truly point us home. He's the only one who can give us a place that brings peace in our hearts. Our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And when we lift our eyes away from all the the things that we think will make us happy and instead lift our eyes to, to God in thankfulness for what he's already done in Jesus, only then, only then do we find that city in which we can settle. And you know what? Through the mighty work of Jesus Christ, God has already given us a place in his city. How can we not give thanks for that amazing gift, that magnificent gift? In Jesus we found a place in the city of God. And if we have found that place, if we have been redeemed, the only um, appropriate response is to give thanks with a grateful heart. But how do we do that? How do we do that? What a, what a better way than to share with the wandering world the simple truth of God's incomparable love. Do we live out our thanks to God? Is our gratefulness for the eternal home that God has given us in Jesus something that others can recognize in us? In the words of that old, old hymn, we ought to to love to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. How are we going? How are we going as people, as a congregation, on this score? Do we love to tell the story of Jesus and his love? Can others see that in our lives? In verses 10 to 16, the psalmist goes on to remind us to also give thanks to God because as a redeemer, he sets the prisoner free. Now that is obviously linked to the first couple of verses as well. But what sort of prisoner is the psalmist talking about here? Is it about someone in jail? as the last part of verse 10 seems to say? Or is it about spiritual chains? The answer is that it's both. It has to do with both. The picture the psalmist paints of prisoners in chains is one of utter hopelessness. But at the same time, it's also a picture of a God who sets free. And we we get to see just, a, in a sense, a glimpse of of this type of redemption in the amazing work that Crossroads Prison Ministry does. They work in various prisons, and many people through them have come to faith. Through their work, many people have come to faith. People who have committed crimes, sometimes even violent crimes. Through the work of CPM, God chose to redeem these people. Now, they might indeed have to spend the rest of their lives in prison, But the redeeming God has set them free from the bondage to the life of crime. But beloved, it's so much more than than the setting free of people from, um, from a life of crime, people who find themselves in jail. The words darkness and shadow of death that's used there point to the darkness of death. It's the same sort of place that Psalm 23 describes as the valley of the shadow of death. It's a picture of death and it's the image of spiritual death. It's a picture of those who have rebelled against God's commands and find themselves in danger of eternal destruction. Yet it's still a picture of a God who sets free. And it's it's an amazing picture of a God who not only destroys the bondage to crime or sin, but also removes the chains of those who are in spiritual bondage. And this is excellent news for you and for me. Because none of us can say that we haven't rebelled against God. That we've been in the chains of sin. No matter how good we might think that we've been. We didn't obey God completely over the past week, past month, past day. No matter how good we try to be in future. We will not obey God completely the reason for that is that we are simply prisoners in chains because we are sinners one and all we live in the shadow of death because death is the result of sin but thanks be to god thanks be to god although we are sinners living in the shadow of death we can rejoice because god is with us verse 13 tells us that the prisoners cried out to the lord and he saved them from their distress. And on that old rugged cross, Jesus cried out on our behalf, on your behalf, on mine. He was forsaken so that we will not be forsaken. And when we cry out to God, we know, we know that He will answer. In fact, He's He's already answered resoundingly, hasn't He? The wonderful reality is that no matter how far gone We are, no matter what we have done in the past, no matter how deep the valley of the shadow of death is that we walked in, the work of Jesus covers it all. It covers it all. He set us free. And we can surely, surely give thanks for the the extraordinary lengths to which God went to set us free, even so far as to have Jesus die on the cross. Give thanks. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ, his son, I pray that this will be your and my response to God's gracious redemption as we continue making our way on on our earthly life, on our earthly journey. If we go on to verses 17 to 22, we see that God the Saviour delivers repenting fools from the destruction that awaits them. Verses 4 to 16 tells us that that God is worthy of our praise and thanks because he protects and he redeems. But he does more than that. He does more than that for he also redeems or delivers repentant sinners or repentant fools from destruction. Our people of God, moral decline always goes hand in hand with spiritual decline. If our values don't match up with what God's word teaches, then we're not... On the path to eternal life. We're on the path to destruction. Whether we want to hear it or not, if our values don't match up to what God's word teaches, we are on the path to destruction, whether we want to hear it or not. Spiritual walkabout leads to death. It's as simple yet as scary as that. Spiritual walkabout leads to death. But our text is also clear that God delivers from that destruction all those who repent of such behaviour. So you and I have a task here. We have a task. We must pray for those who have walked away, those who are walking on that path to destruction. We must pray for them. And also, let's not forget to examine ourselves in that process, to examine our own hearts Let's all pray that the Lord will give us the wisdom to recognize where we've left the narrow road and climbed on the highway to hell. And if any of us are blessed enough to come to that realise <clears throat> excuse me, to that realisation that we've been foolishly chasing after other things than the things of God, then we are faced with a choice. We can keep on doing this foolish thing, and we can keep on living a life that will rob us of our souls. Or we can do what verse 19 tells us. Cry to God for help. Cry out to God for help. And we can be 100% sure that in his great and constant love, he will respond. and And we will experience the strongness and the constancy of his amazing love. As the composer Frank Anderson puts it, Should you call, then you will truly know, strong and constant is my love. But such a wonderful assurance also comes with great responsibility. Assurance of deliverance has to lead to thanksgiving. And as verse 22 reminds us, such thanksgiving has to be both in word and in action. That means thanking God through, through works of gratitude, but also by lifting up our hearts and our voices to him in prayer and in song beloved in Christ if Christ is in you if Christ is in you you are assured of deliverance and at the very bare minimum that should cause you to rejoice is this a picture of your life is it a picture of my life is there joy in our hearts and our voices when we come before God in song can others see your thanks to God for bringing you back From foolish ways? How captivating a picture of our deliverance from our foolish ways do our lives paint? Let me put that in a different way. If our giving of ourselves, if our giving of what we have, is a picture of how thankful we are to the God who rescued us, how captivating is that picture that we are painting? God gives the wanderer a home. He sets the prisoner free. He delivers the foolish from the path of foolishness. And those are three great reasons to give thanks to God. But the psalmist in verses 23 to 32 gives us one more reason. Give thanks, he says, because God brings his people home. He describes the provision of God in this rousing section about the struggles of the merchants on the roughest of seas. They felt as if the waves took them all away from from the heavens down into the deepest depths their courage vanished and they staggered under the sea's violent attack but when they cried out to god he stilled the storm and calmed the waves and he brought them home what a glorious picture that is of a of a rescuing god and also of a providing god now when we read these verses we can't really help but thinking of how when when his disciples were terrified that their boat would go down, Jesus also stilled the storm and calmed the waves. Beloved in Christ, the God who brought the sailors home is the same God who stilled the waters and provided a particular calmness for his disciples. And it is the same God who also brings you and me home. We've been rescued by the work of Jesus on the cross, and because of him, we have been brought home eternally. When he returns in glory, we will be in glory too, and we will go to the Father's house. We will be truly home. And while we wait, while we wait for that glorious event, we will share in many such homecomings here on earth. For our Father will, and he does provide for us when we call to him. We may not be in the same physical position as those merchants, but the storms on the sea of life can be just as frightening and often just as violent. We can be tossed about in this life. We can stagger under difficult circumstances. And when we're in those positions, we can sometimes find it difficult to call out to God when we need help. We might try to fix those problems ourselves. Uh, We want to feel self-sufficient, right? But thankfully, that's not always the case. Perhaps you've experienced the greatness of God's love in your life when the bottom dropped out of your life and you cried out to God and he provided an answer. Perhaps you were in a, a serious financial crisis or perhaps you were the victim of a Of a scam and you lost some money and you cried to the Lord and he provided for you in in some way. Perhaps by the bank refunding you the money that was stolen out of your account or whatever it might be. Perhaps there was a battle raging in your family and you, you brought it to the Lord in prayer and he provided an outcome. And maybe the waves came crashing down on a relationship. And you cried out to the Lord, and in his wisdom he provided a good counselor who helped you address that problem, helped you work through that problem. Or maybe, you know, maybe the company from who, for whom you worked closed down, and, and you brought your family situation before the Lord, and he provided a solution, perhaps a job at a different place or something else. Are many ways in which the Lord still provides for us today, every day. What does our psalm tell us about what our response should be for such deliverances from a grateful, a gracious God? Verse 31 tells us to give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love and his wondrous works. Verse 32 tells us to extol him. Now, of course, we're always to praise God in our prayers as well as before others but this verse tells us to do so right here in the assembly of God's people. We give thanks to God in our congregational prayer, for instance, when we lift our voices in song, but it is about more than that. It also has to do with publicly making known God's graciousness in your life when you go through difficult times. Yes, even while we might be devastated by by trauma of any kind, One writer puts it this way, There should be nothing so natural to the children of God as a public acknowledgement of God's unmerited favour and unfathomable goodness to us. And there are various ways of doing this. You can share your testimony about how God has been good to you in a church service, or when you gather as a prayer group, or as a Bible study group, Or when you meet someone from work, when you meet a friend. You can ask to have your testimony included in something like a congregational prayer. Or put it out on the prayer chain to share it with your your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Just think of the blessing you can be to your, your fellow believers when they can share in your joy. When you proclaim God's deliverance and provision in your life think of how much better we as elders can care and support for you if we know what you've been going through and how God has has worked in your life brothers and sisters in Christ that year year clock has already moved past the 11 and a half minutes now each passing moment each passing moment of our lives is precious and we must make the most of the time that we have for we live in the end times. You know that, I know that. We live in the end times. Let's give proper thanks to God for his great mercy. By offering ourselves, all of ourselves, to the Lord in service. I don't know if you noticed, but when we read through the psalm, four times there's a refrain that occurs there. And I pray that this will be our refrain as we make our way on the highway of life. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Let's pray. Gracious God, we come before you in awe and praise and with jubilation and and also with thanksgiving for For all the blessings that you've showered upon us in your amazing love. You are the mighty creator who spoke the universe into being. But you're also the God who so loves us. So loves us that you sent your son to redeem us. And Father we thank you for that precious gift. Thank you for that precious gift and for the precious knowledge that we have. That we are part of your household, your royal household. We praise you, O Lord, and we give thanks for the amazing grace with which you protect and redeem and save and provide for us. We again place ourselves in your hands, knowing that whatever lies ahead for us as a congregation, we can confidently put our trust in you and know that everything that will happen will happen according to your will lord help us help us to glorify you by living out lives of thankfulness in jesus name we pray amen